understanding faith-based digital marketing and repositioning the brand of United Methodist Church with Professor of Digital Marketing, Dr. Kelly Price Ray, on episode number 32 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. And so I'm again, I'm, I'm thinking that the state of the church is still strong. It's just we need to reposition and rethink and get that message out there. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Bishop Tremble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Tremble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello again, good people, and welcome to the To Be Encouraged podcast, where Bishop Julius C. Tremble shares an encouraging word with a discouraged world. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. On today's episode number 32 of To Be Encouraged, we talk about digital marketing, particularly faith-based digital marketing and repositioning the brand of the United Methodist Church with a professor of digital marketing, Kelly Price Ray, who is on the faculty at East Tennessee State University, but moreover is a lifelong United Methodist layperson and involved with many aspects on the local church level, being a member of her local church her entire life, and on the district and conference and on the national levels, and is going to be speak some insight into matters of digital marketing and the branding of the United Methodist Church. We're going to talk about that here today. And we're going to talk about the brand of United Methodist Church and what we do right, what we do wrong, and what we can celebrate and what we can reposition. This is episode number one of a two-part series of episodes related to digital marketing and the branding of the United Methodist Church. This is episode number 32, where we focus on Dr. Price's faith story and how we tell our faith story and lift up the good news of United Methodist Church. On episode number 33, coming up next week, we're going to talk about Dr. Price's article called The Metaverse and Methodism. You're going to, you're going to make a connection with that episode. You can get them both here at tobeencouraged.com. That's also the place where you can get a full transcript of the interview. Our special guest today on To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble, Dr. Kelly Price Ray from East Tennessee State University, Professor of Digital Marketing. Let's get into that conversation right now. 
Hello again, good people. Welcome to the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. This is Bishop Trimble's podcast where he gives an encouraging word to a discouraged world. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. We're pleased and to have a person who can help us speak to a issue that is important to the life of the church, and that is clear and good and crisp communication, particularly in some of the difficult times that we uh, live in. And so it is our pleasure and privilege to have Dr. Kelly Price Ray with us today. She's the Associate Professor and Master of Digital Marketing and Program Director at East Tennessee State University. But moreover, she is a lifelong United Methodist. She is a member of the Centenary United Methodist Church in Morristown, Tennessee, which is part of the Holston uh, Annual Conference. She's a certified lay minister and served in many levels of the uh, of the church, district, and conference, United Women in Faith. She's involved with social media efforts, local church treasurer, district teams, all kinds of things at local church. Uh, Bishop, uh, help us to welcome uh, Kelly Price to our podcast today. We're so glad to have you, Dr. Kelly, and we really appreciate your spending this time with us and sharing as a United Methodist in a different part of the country but we have persons who listen to this podcast across the globe, too. So we're just glad to hear from you and have a chance to just exchange some thoughts, ideas, and reflections. Uh, our mission, as you know, as United Methodists, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And I don't believe we can transform the world unless we're willing to love the world and to exercise uh, justice in the world, uh, as uh, Cornell West says that love is justice expressed in a public square. And we just believe that as United Methodists, we need to love God as our annual conference theme was this year, love God and love neighbor. Mm. So welcome aboard. Glad to, glad to meet you uh, and to, and to maybe uh, hear some of your thoughts and some of your counsel and wisdom uh, that we can share abroad. Well, thank you for that good, uh, good welcome there, Bishop Kelly. Uh, one of the things we like to do is kind of a foundation of the folks we talk to here on To Be Encouraged is a little bit about your faith story. Can you share with us a bit about maybe how you came to Christ in the first place and how that coming to Christ led you eventually to what you're doing now in the world of education as a college professor? Thank you all so much. Greetings from Holston Conference and East Tennessee. So you'll have to excuse the y'alls and the <laughs> all kinds of not a pro- not a problem. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for having me on here today. Yes, I am, as you said a moment ago, a lifelong Methodist, and I've been at the same church uh, my entire life, Centenary here in wow. Morristown. Uh, yep, all the way. And uh, <laughs> I come from a, a long line of Methodists. Uh, my mother, my grandmother. Her mother, so a lot of strong women have uh, led me to this point. Um, but, but yeah, I, I have to say that my faith story really is one of those, and, and I'm sure you've heard this probably a million times, about how I, somebody would be influenced by their childhood pastor. And my childhood pastor was named Dwight Kenny, Reverend Kenny. He has since passed. But um, he was at our church for about 20 years, and that was before there was a lot of moving around uh, of the pastors. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I got to uh, be with him through my very formative years and all of that that he taught me and 
and nurtured me and all of those things has been with me forever and uh, remains to this day. And, th- and then after that, I got into the the call and the, the urge to go a little farther um, with the certified lay minister and, and the other various roles that you mentioned. So it started early and it started with Reverend Kenny. <laughs> mm, that wow. is, that, yeah. That's an, an awesome story to share. Thank you uh, for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bishop, this all, this connection kind of started when you wrote, uh, had a video a little while back that really touched, uh, touched the heart of Kelly and, I want her to respond to it, but give us kind of the gist of the matter of the video that you put together here a while back that got her attention. Well, uh, let me uh, not so much. So I can say a little bit about the video, but the video was in response. I had a colleague who asked, suggested I watch the video, some video video series from Rob Renfro, who is a leader with the uh, Western Covenant Association and one of those who was helping promote and organize the Global Methodist Church that was launched May the 1st. And I watched, first I watched the final video, then I watched the series of the videos. Since this time, most recently, Adam Hamilton has done a series responding to all of those videos, which is excellent, by the way. But I saw a lot of uh, what I call were half-truths and really a misrepresentation of the best of what it means to be United Methodist. I say this and I've said, Brad, you've heard me say this over the years. I'm unapologetically Christian, unashamedly United Methodist. I grew up in the Methodist church. My parents were Methodists in Alabama. They were members of the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church. And when they moved to Chicago, uh, they went to the closest Methodist church you could walk to with six children. So I'm the I'm the fourth of six children. And so that's how we ended up being Methodist. First, it was Methodist Episcopal. Then the church became United Methodist in 1960, well, our church in 1969. And so I've been connected with the Methodist church uh, all of that time. And my the, my, the video, Buyer Beware, really was to just to warn people that were being led, many of them being led by, you know, some of their conservative members to feel like that there's something so flawed about the United Methodist Church that you've got to leave for a more excellent ortho, quote unquote orthodox church. And and Pastor Renfro used the reference of consider us the United Artists of United of Methodism. And then went on to then went on to give a summary of those who would actually organize United Art of the United Artists Studio, which included W uh, D.W. Griffith. Um, and of course, D.W. Griffin was, made a lot of money uh, on, a, on a film called The Birth of the Nation in 1915, which really was, uh, which really, uh, and I, Kelly, you probably know some of the history. If you know some, you're from Tennessee, you should know a little bit about the history of the Klan. And my family's from Alabama, and I live in Indiana, which is, was really kind of the northern headquarters of of, mm-hmm. of of the clan, but but anyway, the point the point being, and and I know Rob wasn't trying to uh, trying to necessarily associate the global the Methodist Church with the Klansmen, but the point being, when you communicate things and you put things out there, because several other people apart from me noticed that they had used this illustration of the United Artists and went on to name the names of the people who started the United Artists film. His I think his point was to say that that the global Methodist church was going to be controlled by the local church. You're going to be able to be a congregational church and at the same time, a connectional church. 
So let me just stop and say this. We can't be both. I'm a connectional United Methodist. So I'm not going to tell people as a bishop, you can really be a congregational church uh, and do what you want to do. Read the Bible, take it literally, uh, uh, let your church decide everything, name your own pastor, hire and fire your own bishop, and you, be, and you can be global and Methodist at the same time. Those those two can't live on the same street. Well, Kelly, this this video that Bishop uh, Trimble did got your attention. What about it got your attention, particularly in the framework of being a communications professor? But what about it got your attention and caused you to write him and to get this ball rolling? Well, I, I stay on top of a lot of communication from the United Methodist Church, and that includes council of bishops, um, social media pages, things like that. So I tend to see a lot of the the communications that come from those sources, but of course, being the the marketing professor, the consumer behavior professor, and I see something called buyer beware, I thought, oh, <laughs> this okay. is talking my language right there. So I immediately uh, viewed the video and and just really enjoyed it and um, learned a few things from it. And and I just thought, you know, I I think I'm just going to email him and just tell him I really appreciated that <laughs> and that um, you know you're you're speaking the marketing language and and it's very, and it was very true about we call it marketing a bait and switch <laughs> that's mm-hmm. happening um, on that other side but um, but yeah that's I just I just wanted to reach out to him and say you really um, made that very relatable hmm. in terms of I wish I was back at school now. It seemed like I might have got a good grade. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you. I knew you back in school, my friend. And I think you you did okay. I think you did okay. But we didn't have any. We didn't have any courses on uh, uh, social media communication back in the early eighties. Did did we? We we barely had computers back then. But anyhow, to stay on track here, Uh, Kelly, let's. Let's talk for a second. Let's reflect for a minute about the situation in the church as a whole. And I just like to get your take on things. You know, obviously something about his video, but buyer beware struck a nerve in you went to the heart of the matter of what you were dealing with as a United, as an engaged United Methodist layperson, mm-hmm. as a person who's been a part of that particular church, which I would find really awesome for your whole life. Mm-hmm. And then, so you've seen changes. I'm sure you've seen changes happen at local church and in your environment and you know everything else. But what what do you kind of take? Give your assessment of the state of the church and the state mm-hmm. of uh, where we're at right now. Tell us, it's particular from your view as a communications layperson. I feel like we're a little bit in a, a what we call a crisis management mode um, that we're doing a little PR fixing right now. I kind of see this from a, of course, a, a marketing and a, a consumer behavior background that we are in a, at a point now, we have an opportunity to reposition ourselves. And that's what, that's a marketing term, repositioning. So mm-hmm. what that basically means is that we have a chance to just re-look at where we are just a little bit. We, we Many brands have gone through this. Uh, one of the famous ones is Cadillac. Uh, they, for years, had this perception of, this is your grandfather's car and it's for older people and all that kind of stuff. And they realized this, they thought this is not who we are. Um, so they repositioned themselves and now, you know, it's, it's a totally different story. And I feel like that the state of the church is still good. It just is in a position to where we can again, reposition ourselves. The, the United Methodist church, as, as we mentioned, 
has a wonderful brand story. It is that we have a brand promise and we have a brand identity, <laughs> all of those things. And I'm confident that confident in those. Uh, they're as solid as ever. Um, it's just we need to maybe saturate the social media pages and whatever with that that message. I, I, I thought of this actually the other day. I was talking to my students about it. We were talking about viral and, and things that go viral and things like that. And there is an example. I don't know if you all heard of this one, but back a few years ago, it was in 2017, there was a, a, it was a student actually. I don't remember where he went to school, but he decided that he wanted to mock um, conspiracy theories. He thought it would be interesting to see what he could do with this. And so he put out a campaign and it was called Birds Aren't Real. <laughs> I don't know if you heard of it, but what he got out there was that birds aren't real. They have all been replaced by drones. And you would not believe the <laughs> complete viral nature of this. People started believing it. They got t-shirts, they got hats uh, all over the place. And so it just, it got out there. The message got out there. And and the same thing is kind of happening now um, with some of the, the communications from from other folks. And and so I'm again, I'm, I'm thinking that the state of the church is still strong. It's just we need to reposition and rethink and get that message out there. So we got a good news message, but we're not doing a good job of getting that good news out there. Is that is that fair assessment of what you just shared there, Kelly? I think so. I think so. Um, there are some opportunities we have, and I'm sure we can talk about those later, of um, of where we could be and what we could do. We have, it's called, in marketing, we call them brand fans. And we mm -hmm. have brand fans in the Methodist Church, oh, yeah. strongly committed people. And maybe it's going to be a leaner organization, but I tell you what, it's we have brand fans out there. So we just got to get them, get them going. <laughs> Bishop, what we've talked about branding in the past, and uh, and sometimes we know that our brand has taken a beating. Some of the things you've been talking about there, but what do you think, Bishop? And what maybe you can reflect with Kelly Minute here about what are some of those good things that we can lift up for the brand, as it were? And Bishop, maybe you and Kelly can both consent, can jump in here. What are some things we need to lift up to say, okay, this is cool. This is what we're about. Well, I'm getting ready to have one of them most exciting experiences that I've had. And since COVID, next Monday, I leave for Africa University to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Africa University. Uh, mm -hmm. There's no greater success story in United Methodism, maybe the area, but I, I'm biased on this one. This is certainly in the top 10, Africa University, which was started by the United Methodist Church in 1988 by action of the General Conference an African bishop said, we need help in, in promoting education and access to higher education on the continent of Africa. There are over 100 plus United Methodist related colleges and universities in the United States. We have three of them in Indiana. And so when African University got started, 1992, here's, a, here's an exciting, great story that really should be viral. It, this past June, when we were having annual conference spread, in Indiana, African University was graduating 740 students, which made over 10,000 alumni now graduates of African University. 93% of those graduates are serving on the continent of Africa in 32 different countries. What, if that's not a good news story, and they don't apologize 
about being United Methodists either. They're not hiding or anything like that. They're United Methodists supported every year by apportionment dollars uh, and by annual conferences that say, we want to invest in students and build. So that's just one example, African University. One of the things I would say to Kelly is that part of our challenge is that we know this here is building a trustworthy organization or institution so big as the United Methodist Church is a challenge because we're global. So we've had some great campaigns and brands, you know, open doors, open minds, open hearts, but then people challenge us and say, there's gotta be truth in advertising. Mm. So some people have challenged us on truth for that. Right now, there's a good movement going, Kelly. I don't know if you follow this, the hashtag BUMC, the United yes. Methodist Church. But it's not as, I, if, if it could do like birds aren't real, something like, <laughs> we, we, we need something like that. Well, actually, there is a group that is that, that's kind of using that, using that attempt, saying, you know, some United Methodists don't believe in the resurrection and all kind of mm-hmm. foolishness. Uh, uh, and, and, and people are, are buying, buying, buying that. But I think we have lots of good stories to tell. Uh, we try to do that here at the local level in our annual conference to tell stories, but but my, but my children, let me close with this, Brad, my children, my children who are now older, the older millenniums, but my, our youngest child six years ago, when I first came to Indiana, well, I mean, four years ago, he moved to California. He said, I gave him a list of United Methodist churches. He said, I'm, Dad, I'm not going to any church I can't go to on my phone first. So that limited half of those churches he's never been to. And he said he's not going to because he couldn't visit them on his phone. No, but I, but I think the relevance is here in terms of the strategy and the technology has to be, killed, uh, has, has to be taken into account. And social media has to be taken into account. And Kelly, I really would like to ask you kind of a follow-up to this here. What do you think are some of the things that we really can brand on hard? Maybe, you know, some things here. And then I'd like you to go a little deeper on how you think we can do that. How can we possibly become more viral in a positive sense where we know people are working kind of against, you know, being divisive, being viral uh, that way. Good stuff that we're doing and how can we do it? Yes, we we do have a wonderful brand story, but we do have to reach people where they are. So as you said, Bishop, when your children, um, they have to that that church had to be where he was or she was um, to to access that. And, um, you know, we're seeing that more and more with younger people. I see it all the time in my own job with, for example, online education. I teach fully online. I didn't for, for, you know, I only taught um, on ground for several years and then went into online. And I have learned over that time that, you know, these students could never finish a graduate degree if, if it had not been online. So, so they have that access and, and that type of thing. I guess I can, I can do it with this example. I'm, I'm old enough to remember <laughs> uh, must-see TV on Thursday nights when I was a kid. And that was in the 80s in, in that era where you sat down on uh, Thursday nights, I believe it was eight o'clock. We watched the Cosby show and, you know, those <laughs> that lined up right there. So everybody sat down at that time and that was it. And otherwise, you didn't get to see it. And of course, now we have streaming and, you know, all those things. I just log on to Netflix or wherever it is. I watch a show. I pause it when I want to. So I'm consuming this product as a consumer 
when and where I want to. Same is happening with um, online or digital church. Um, So we have to be extremely smart and efficient about reaching people with our product of church. And there are opportunities to do that. I mean, yeah, we definitely have social media, no question about it. Then you have to start thinking, okay, well, which platform do we need to be on? Does everybody need to be on TikTok? No, (laughs) probably not. Um, So you have to, to figure out that puzzle. I think we're going to leave it right there in our interview and our conversation between Bishop Julius C. Trimble and myself and Dr. Kelly Price Ray from East Tennessee State University. You heard her passion for the Lord Jesus Christ and for the church and for ways that we can do church better in this era, in this digital era. She told her faith story and she told about branding in the church using digital methodologies to tell the good news and how we can reposition ourselves in the church. So that is some of the key reasons why you're going to really want to tune in next week on episode number 33 of To Be Encouraged, where Dr. Kelly Price Ray goes deeper into the metaverse and Methodism. We're going to talk about an article that she wrote for UM News, which details something called the Metaverse and Methodism. It's a fascinating conversation, and you need to know about this. If you don't know about this, you need to know because it is a part of our culture. It is a part of who we are. You're going to want to tune in to that. You can check that out once it's released at tobeencouraged.com slash episodes slash 033. I did want to remind you that you can find a full transcript of this entire interview at tobeencouraged.com slash episodes slash 32. That is also where you can find links to the article, which we're going to be talking about in United Methodist News regarding the metaverse and Methodism by Dr. Price, and also links to other resources that are going to be helpful for you and your local church to get a handle on digital marketing and repositioning the branding of United Methodist Church. Here on the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble, we are all about the tools and resources to help you be an encouraging word to a discouraged world in your local church setting. Until next time, friends, for Bishop Julius C. Trimble, my name is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, and continue to do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E. E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D dot com or connect through Apple Podcast where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimple. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble and never forget, God loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it.